All right. Well, I, th I think I'll take care of the intro, considering <laughs> that we, we. I just hope you guys like Laura's voice, because this is Laura's episode. Well, yeah, I might just well, say sorry for that, guys. So today, Laura is going to walk us through her procedure. Um, if you're curious on the procedure, we did have a 10x episode um, a little bit ago, kind of explaining what it was, but Laura has finally gone through it um, yes. fairly recently. It was yesterday. Yes, very rarely. It was supposed to happen like a month ago, but it came down to either going to Hawaii and being barefoot in Hawaii and pushing it back or doing it and not being barefoot in Hawaii. I chose to be barefoot, guys, so we did it so, yesterday. Grab your drinks, grab some tea, grab We're some water, walk I don't know, and hope you enjoy. Let's, Let's go. go. You're listening to the PT Assistance Podcast with your hosts, Ken. And Laura. Thanks for joining for another exciting episode. All right, so... We'll go ahead and get into it. I will let you guys know. Sorry if I sound a little tired or if I lose my train of thought. I am tired <laughs> and I I hurt right now. I'm not going to lie. Um, so I am technically 24 hours post-op because this is a surgical procedure. And I think I underestimated it a little more than I thought. But yeah, so um, let's just go ahead and dive into, I guess... What did we just talk? Like, I just talk about the whole, what the just day was the, like? From the top, I suppose. Yeah. So, like, what were, what were you told? What was the procedure going Ooh, to be it. like? What was the recovery time? Like, so, things that you were told before you did it, and then we'll kind of keep a tab to see if what you were told matches up with what you're about to experience. Yeah, good call, good call. Okay, so really, like... It was just like, oh, I could do this in-house if I wanted to, but, you know, insurance won't cover it in office, so it needs to be done. Surgical procedure um, leading up to it uh, was not the greatest experience with just the doctor's office in general. They lost – recently they lost apparently one of their main staff, and since then, like, their communication is not great. So there's miscommunication all around. So leading up to it, I was a little nervous. Um, but I was pretty much told like, you'll be in and out. You're good to go to work. Like, it's not gonna, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, you know, I asked about pain meds and, uh, nothing pain med wise was I given. It was just going to be local. I don't need to go under it. It shouldn't be that big. Like it, it just was played down like as a very minor procedure and it was never called surgery, even though it is classified as surgery. It was never called surgery. It was just procedure. Which I'm fine with. And I really don't like it. Looking at it, it's not like it's a major. It's not major surgery. But it is classified as that. Um, I, I definitely think this is one of those cases where the doctor in his mind. Because it's so easy for him to do and perform. And it's not such a, something so major. That they underplay what actually you're going to be going through. If that makes sense. Um mm -hmm. Because I, I really thought, okay, I'll get out. I'll start moving around. And as we get through that, you'll you'll find out that I don't feel that way. So the, the way the day went is it was done at the hospital's outpatient surgical center. Um, because that's the one he just works with. So there's a little bit more intense stuff of just what I had to go through technically than if I had done like a separate, you know, an uh, uh, what do you call those? The surgical center suites, like the ones that are attached to hospitals. 
Um, so like I had to go in and register at the hospital the day before I was told I was going to be giving blood, but I didn't have to give blood. Um, but I had to go through all the questionnaires of like, do you have sleep apnea? Do you do this? Do you do this? Don't drink this. Don't shave your legs, which that one actually threw me for a loop because I was not prepared for that. because I was going to shave the night before. Uh, <laughs> so that way they were nice and good for a while. So you were prepared. And- yeah, I was trying to. I was gonna be like, okay, I'm not gonna shave too early because I want to shave right before. So then that way, well, they don't allow you to shave three days prior to the surgery because they don't want any nicks because you're going into like you know an area where technically you could get you know an infection. And so I was like, well, that screwed me in the butt. Uh, you know, I wasn't allowed to eat after midnight, even though I wasn't going fully under. So I was yeah, told we, I yeah, be... they were just at eight. They were just numbing your leg, but not. Yeah, I got a nerve block is what I was going to. I was told I was going to get it was a nerve block in a local. Um, so I wasn't allowed to eat, which I thought was weird or drink. Um, going to the surgery, he, he said like, oh, they usually like you there two hours beforehand. He goes, but you only need to be there an hour before, which was kind of nice. So I showed about an hour and 15 minutes before. Uh it was great this time around because my husband actually got to come and hang out with me and hang out until they actually took me back into the room. Uh, But then when I got there, it was pretty much sign everything. You know, you agree with this. I didn't have to have an IV, which I was like laughing about. I was like, you mean I got to go through this and I don't even get the good stuff of getting rehydrated? Like that blows. (laughs) And they were laughing at me. They're like, well, at least you don't have to have one and get poked. I was like, I take the banana bag right now with all the goods. <laughs> True, right? And they will pick me up there. I'll yeah, like, come on, guys. Like, that's the one good thing out of this. Um, so he comes in, you know, you he walks you through everything that's going to be done. And then uh, you mark the leg. And then pretty much they roll me back into the room. And so, like, I was still in a gown. I was kind of a little bummed for that because I was... I was hoping I could just stay in my own shorts so I didn't have to change, but I had to change because it is a sterile atmosphere. So they roll you back and here's where it just gets weird because like I've had plenty of surgeries and I've been knocked out. So as they're prepping, they knock you out. So you don't even really like see the doc coming into the surgical room. It was, it looked like a surgical, I don't even know what they would be called, like a kind of like a PTA, but for surgery in a way, like they're right hand man. I'm forgetting their name right now. Um, but, uh, then there was an, an, just a surgical nurse and then there was a doctor. Well, then there's the machine. So one has like a little small screen on it and I got to watch them set it all up, which was so weird to kind of hear. So they had one with the, the ultrasound machine hooked up to it, to the 10X machine and then they had another machine that literally looked like it had a rotary tool on it. Like, almost like the dentist where you see them, like, you know, kind of scrape like, things out. Uh, okay. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, when they, like... Like a pick? Kind of, but, like, the more of, like, the um, little needle on, like, the little... I don't know what to call it. Like, it's pointing at the end and just scrapes things down. Almost like... Yeah, the it's kind of like a prick. Yeah, like, so they had, like, a tool like that, but it had, like, this needle instead on it, and um, the needle slightly, like, open at the tip from what I could tell from a picture from later, but then they hook up a saline bag to the machine itself, too, 
and they pop that in. Um, and then he has a foot pedal that dictates like when it's going to kind of actually cut. And it sounds like literally you're in the dentist's office with like those tools, um, for like the deep cleaning and everything like that. So I'm propped up on my stomach. They give me some pillows. He goes in first with ultrasound sound and gives me the numbing solution for the nerve block. And I've had nerve blocks before. I've had, um, ultrasound guided nerve blocks. I am a natural redhead and there's something about being a natural redhead that metabolizes that stuff faster. And every single person I've talked to that works in that field literally says, it's because you're a redhead. I've been asked, oh, you know, uh, do you metabolize it quick because you're a redhead? And I'm like, yeah, they told me like the last like, time. Yeah, they... a typical redhead. This happens yeah. to me all the time. <laughs> well, and I get asked all the time, like, are, are you natural? And I go, yes. And they're like, okay, I got to give you more. And so like, I just kind of know it. And they always said, um, both times I've had the nerve blocks for the surgeries prior to this. They were like, oh, I gave you enough that it should last 24 to 48 hours and it would burn off after like 12. Um, so they never lasted very long. Pain medication usually never lasts very long for me. Um, apparently that's just normal. So I told him that beforehand. So he said he was going to give a little extra um, than normally what he would do since I burn it off quickly. Um, and then he was going to also try another technique of adding, I think, uh, epinephrine in it. Um, to help it kind of like kick in, I guess. I don't know. I don't know exactly what that meant. But um, so he did the nerve block. That was not the, it's never the most fun. It just feels like a lot of pressure around. The needle never really hurts. It's just the awkward like pressure of the, the fluid going in. And so that kind of kicked in. And then he, he would hold my foot into dorsiflexion with like his knee. Um, which As for me, that's. freaking you. Well, no, that's what, so that's after he gave me the nerve injection. So, so after the nerve injections, when he would so hold after your foot the nerve block, yeah, he put me into the dorsiflexion, which he had done a couple times just to make sure everything was like in the right position. Um, the nurse there was so nice. He kept like checking on me and he's like, are you okay? Are you okay? And I'm like, he's like, just breathe. You got yeah, this. I'm, and like, I'm good. I'm but it was it like, through. I, I would have track. to say, I, I feel like I have a pretty decent pain tolerance. Mm. Um, Ken might disagree, but I feel like I've. Laura, you cried after we played Thumb War. I did not. You're such I'm a just liar. kidding. <laughs> but like, I've gone through plenty of dry needling sessions on my foot and dealt with it, where a lot of people apparently can't handle that. It's not the most fun thing in the world, but I've gone through it. And um, I've done like osteopecking at the bone with dry needling, like, and I've heard that's one of like the worst. It's literally getting stabbed by a needle with your bone like it's not fun um so like I, I would say I have a pretty decent high pain tolerance so like that didn't bother me really I started getting a little nervous but um I kind of just try to control it and breathe focus on some other things there's nothing for me to really watch or anything like that he did tell me like if I started getting nervous he could give me stuff for the the anxiety while I was there um but I didn't feel like I needed any of that so I didn't take it so then he puts my foot into dorsiflexion and then the worst part came and I legit will say this was the worst part because it was the most painful thing and I legit almost cried. Um, so in order for him to give me the local, he literally just started poking like a ton all around and deep inside. Everywhere. 
of everywhere around the insertion of the Achilles. And um, that, that one hurt. That I one bet. made my whole entire body clench up. And I'm sensitive there to begin with because of the old incision has always kind of been sensitive. It's been poked a lot there. That's where it hurts the most. That's where it's really tender, but he's going deep and he's going towards the bone. He's going along the side and it, it literally brought me to tears and like thinking of the pain again makes me want to cry. So if someone cannot tolerate pain, I can guarantee you those are going to be the worst two things and they might even put a stop for there. I really wanted to be like, please stop. Like I wanted to yell, please stop poking me because it started hurting so bad. Luckily it starts to numb up and you start to not feel it. Um, and then you, I know he's going in and out, like you can feel pressure, but the pain starts to go, um, starts to disappear and like, you don't feel it doing anymore. So he did it for a good chunk of time because again, he knows that I burn it off quicker. And so he was making sure like it was well covered. And then he starts to go in, he makes an incision, didn't feel any of that, didn't feel the cut, nothing, none of that. He starts to go in and you can hear it. It's literally sounds like a drill in a way. Um, and he's moving it around and again, you can feel some pressure points, but you don't feel it. There's one area when, um, he said he started getting to the biggest calcification deposit and I started feeling it and he goes, okay, well, hold on. And he stopped, put a little more numbing in. And then he would, again, it would like drill away at it. It's the best way of describing it in a way. And so then he did all of that. Um, he had to take a couple breaks and I was trying, like, I was trying to kind of talk and figure out things while in there, but like, it was definitely kind of hard because he was very focused. Um, and he was talking to the person helping him a lot and they were talking about it. And so, um, it sounded like the machine made you stop. Like there's different pressure. So this is what I got when they were setting it up. You have different cut, uh, like intensity. So you had high, medium, low. I was on high. Then you had irrigation on, which was that's the saline pushing all that stuff out at the same time. They're cutting. And then um, there was another setting, and I'm trying to remember it, and I can't right now. Um, but it was it was done and set. And so um, they were going at it. They were doing it. And, like, literally at one point, he hit where I had built up a lot of the calcification on top of my calcaneus. And it literally sounded like a, the drill on the tooth, like hitting the tooth where it's like going into it, like it was getting stuck. Or like, you know, when you're drilling into the wall and you hit the stud and it starts to hear that like high squeal. Mm -hmm. That's what it literally started sounding like. So like, if so, you don't like sound either, <laughs> you can hear it all. Uh, did they record it? Like, do you have a video of it? We are going to try um, on the day I chose actually not to for my own sanity a little bit of just like the nerves of trying to figure that out, trying to get that all set up. Um, I am trying to still get the video of the ultrasound because he has video of the ultrasound as he was doing it. Um, so I still need to talk to him about getting that because he's going to take everything off of it. But if we do, we will definitely be posting it to show you guys on probably our YouTube. Um, an Instagram, a little preview, but so we went through all that. Then he, it sounds like he did a stitch, um, at least deeper in an internal stitch, possibly. I haven't been able to see it, but I know that there was definitely stitches that went in 
and then he did steri strips on top of that. And my cut is maybe about two inches, maybe an inch and a half uh, long. And it just runs medial to lateral across my heel um, on the posterior side. So it's not big. Um, he, I can't actually see the incision. He put a clear bit waterproof bandaid on top of it, which I can take off tomorrow. Um, but, uh, apparently I look like I bleed a good chunk. Beat. Well, I know I did because there's a good chunk of blood, so I can't even see like the incision like itself. Right it, now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen I the can't picture. see past. Yeah. You saw the picture. Like I can't see past it to see what the actual incision looks like. Um, I do have to wear a boot. But I'm allowed to take it off and do light range of motion, um, non-weight bearing. I was allowed to. Now, here's the best part with this procedure. I was allowed to be weight bearing on it the moment I was done with it. Uh, when you say you were allowed weight bearing, do you mean like partial weight bearing or like weight full weight bearing, bearing no restriction, tolerated. do what you want? So okay. kind of, it all depends on how you meet your criteria. So I have the protocol and I have it in kind of in front of me and we'll go over it a little bit but like for the first phase it's technically estimated zero to two weeks what they really want to do is early non-weight bearing pain-free range of motion that is encouraged the day after the procedure Uh, so you're getting pt for this not in a while yeah at the four week mark okay so you gotta wait four weeks before you can even start treatment yeah, four weeks is when they, they recommend it, at least. Or, well, he says you're going to have it, actually, on his. But then it's partial weight-bearing on crutches for seven days. Uh, weight-bearing with walking boot for seven days. May DC crutches and boot when uh, able to walk with pain-free without a limp. So that's why I'm saying, like, technically it says seven days, but, like, you can kind of, like, it, your timeline might change a little bit based off of, like, if you're meeting the criteria. So like if I'm walking, you know, in the boot and with the crutches with no pain and no limp, then I could DC the crutches a little sooner if that's at five day five. Um, I kind of like that better than just like a strict one week. It's yeah. gotta be this two exactly. weeks. It's gotta be this. It's more of like, okay, do you meet these goals? Then cool. You can progress to the next stage. Yeah. Do you meet these goals. Okay. You can progress to the next stage instead of like that hard. Sorry, I can't do that because well, protocols dictate it must be two weeks before I can start doing that. Exactly. And like the one thing I like about this too, is it literally has goals for week one, two goals, control the swelling, restore range of motion and muscle activation. So, like, I'm kind of doing a little isometrics in, in my boot. Uh, didn't say not to. Uh, then it said functional test to progress to the next phase. So, like, it even gives you, like, hey, this is literally what your goals are to progress. And it's like, we, you can move on to the next stage once these are met, which are normal gait, no assistive device, pain-free range of motion, ankle dorsiflexion, hip, and knee flexion. So, like, once those are all pain-free and I'm not having a limp or anything like that, I can move on to phase two if I'm still at maybe, like, one and a half week mark type thing. Um, and that's how it goes for each of them. Like, so then we have week two and six. Um, that one is pretty much I'm not allowed to go over three in my pain levels. If I go over three with any type of activity, I have to back off of that activity. 
Uh, I'm not allowed to run, jump, pivot, cut. I mean, you couldn't really do any of those even before. That's what I had joked about. <laughs> you're like, what? I can't run. Darn. What am I going to do with my Sunday morning routine now? Yeah. And then like it's the uh, goals are neuromuscular control, uh, proprioception, gentle muscular strengthening. Um, the functional tests to progress are at least one unilateral single heel raise through full range of motion. And then my knee and hip single leg squat through partial range of motion. So, and then it goes on, like there's a whole nother one, but those are like the first two and we can kind of dive into details a little bit more, but, um, it, it was, it's definitely like nice. I asked for the protocols. He already had them there for me. Um, he gave me a list of what I'm can and cannot do after the procedure. Um, like again, with that bandage, I have to keep it on for 48 hours. It's Tylenol, no ibuprofen. Um, if I'm in severe pain, I can take the ibuprofen. However, he'd prefer me not to. And then if I really am in a lot of pain, then to give him a call and he prescribes something a little, little stronger, which I have not done. I've just stuck with my Tylenol. My nerve block wore off after about 10 hours, about give or take. I started feeling everything come back. It hurts today a good chunk. I'm walking on it. I'm trying to walk on it. My range of motion sucks. Um, it just feels all tight in the area that he worked. And the best way I can describe it, it feels like an ortho, like a orthoscopic surgery, like on my knee of a cleanup job. Obviously, so, I don't really know what that feels like, but okay. It's just, it doesn't feel like it's like super killing. It also well, helps you were because I'm not to be on, able like, to go back strong. to work. The next oh, I'm day. I'm going back to work tomorrow. I know, tomorrow. So they said you can do the procedure, go back to work the next day. So today, would you have no. been able to work? No. So you don't recommend somebody Not to go- Not a physical job. If you're sitting and working at your desk or something like that, I could see how you can make this work. Just prop it up. It's not the most comfortable thing. I have a wedge. When it hangs down, all that blood flow goes there and it just starts to throb. Um, but I think at a desk, you could make it work. Or a non-physical job, you could make it work. But I do not recommend it. I would almost recommend taking the first week off. I might regret tomorrow. We're about to find out. But I might give it a shot. True. We'll see how so. you do after standing. Well, I mean, tomorrow's a half day for you. so Exactly. And that's why. We'll see why. what a four-hour shift feels like standing up. Mm-hmm. And that will tell me really if like Monday I, I can't do type thing if I don't think so. I think it's one of those ones that you're going to see those quicker progressions. Like this isn't going to linger super long. Um, because it is a smaller procedure, it's more of a, like a cleanup, cleanup job in a way to me. So what does your what does your forecast look like? So they told you you're going to be weight bearing as tolerated for how long? So you said therapy in four weeks, passive yeah. range of motion already. You can do that already. Um. Well, I can do active range of motion on weight bearing. Active range of motion, weight bearing. Non-weight bearing. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. No, active range of motion, non-weight bearing. <laughs> okay. And I was like, I'm idea. super confused. I don't know how you're doing active <laughs> range of motion and weight bearing at the same time. No, no, no non-weight bearing. Um, and then uh, I'm allowed to take the boot on and off, but I have to walk on, like any weight bearing or walking or anything like that. It needs to be on. I did not sleep in the boot last night, and I think that was a mistake. Because that's into, a bold move, Laura. 
yeah, getting into dorsiflexion this morning has not been fun. Um, even though I was moving it and everything like that. So tonight, yeah, I'll probably, even though it, it didn't say I needed to, it never said I need to sleep in the boot. It never said like that. That was never very clear. Um, I don't think that's more of a history of you. Maybe it's <laughs> right. not a normal protocol for people who get this 10x procedure, but you personally, know. after what you've been through, I probably would have worn a boot. Yeah. Well, it's not like I heard it or anything. I had it up on a wedge all night, so it was kind of separated. So it was, it was definitely like it was definitely different. Um, but it just got me really tight and getting back into dorsiflexion this today was not fun. Um, even though I've been moving, I've been moving my toes and my arch just a lot, even in the boot, just cause it, I know it needs it. My calf is sore. Again, the incision site just, it just hurts. There's nothing else, but, um, I've been trying to keep it very elevated ice. I have a lot of tools luckily from my previous surgery. So I have a leg wedge so that it's been up on that most of the time. I do try to bring it down for a little bit just to get it used to being down again. Um, it's not the most fun, but it's, it's definitely like, it's a surgical procedure. There really is no way around it. It really is a surgical procedure. It's going to hurt a little bit more than I expected. I don't know. I guess in my mind, like it was going to be kind of done and then just like not be so sore, but that is completely <laughs> it is a lot more sore. I'm, I'm exhausted. Um, I haven't done anything for about a day and a half and I feel absolutely exhausted just because of the fact that you are healing and that takes up a lot of your energy. So that was tiring. Um, but I plan on going to work tomorrow. I think I'll make it through fine. Uh, it might be a little throbby, but I think that's not going to be so much pain, just throbbiness of the incision healing and that kind of stuff. I'll, I'm not allowed to drive for two weeks. So I was about to say you're just not allowed to drive in general or um the rule of thumb is I could drive if I don't if I can drive. What if you had the surgery on your left foot? Then you can drive. Oh, so just because it's your right foot, you can't drive. It's because uh, because I'm not allowed to take the boot off because I'm not allowed to walk with it without the um boot. I'm not allowed to put pressure on it without the boot on. So I can't drive unless he goes, can you drive with a boot? And I was like, well, no. And he goes, you can't drive for two weeks. It's like, dang it. <laughs> so, so I have a follow-up with him in two weeks tomorrow. too. That's why. Uh, it's going to be Uber a hubby. <laughs> the hubs is going to drive me um, this week. We already kind of talked about it. He luckily works from home. So he'll drive me to work. Tomorrow's a half day. So um, I already talked to work. They're just going to let him chill there and work in our at the back of our office and that kind of stuff um so they're chill with that uh but yeah it's definitely different it's a lot more um intense than i think in my head i was expecting i kind of wrote it off as just like no big deal just because that's kind of how the doctor presented it. and i think they do that again when they're so used to doing it and you know it is minor compared to everything else but honestly like I, I put this in the same category if you're doing orthoscopic surgery and getting a minor cleanup job, like on your knee. Um, or just even like, you know how they'll go in and like the meniscus will even just shave it down a little. Okay. If it's kind of slightly tore, like, you know how they'll just kind of clean it up and shave yeah. everything down and make it all nice and smooth. I, I put that in this. I put this in the same category where you're not having really as 
much in depth um surgery done on it but it's definitely surgical it's not like going in and getting a shot and being a little sore and then feeling fine the next couple days or you know just feeling better and everything starts to come back in the next couple days it's gonna take some time it's a little bit more i definitely think so far i would recommend doing this over a full replacement if you can avoid it if this is, is an option, just because of the fact that, again, I might be in a boot for two weeks, but when I had my full replacement, it was in a boot for uh, three months, and I wasn't working for three months, and technically, you can go back to work now, and um, there's definitely some, some benefits, because the recovery time is just not as long, and it's not as invasive. Um, now there was a little minor hiccup at the end. I told you about this. Oh yeah, the fun part. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like the interesting part was at the very end when he hit one of the largest larger areas and he kind of broke it up as he was pulling the needle back out. Cause he would take it out and then put it in. Like he would move it around um throughout the whole entire process. But as he was taking it back out to be completely done, the needle broke. Like, it came out of its little, like, shield thingy that it's hooked up to the machine, too. So, technically, the needle broke off. He says in me, but he, the broken piece was already out of me, if that makes sense. Yeah, like, there's just a, still a part out. Yeah, there's, like, this, yeah, the broken piece like was already in, out. Like, half in, half out, kind of. Exactly, but technically, because it was inside, like, the needle was inside of me, the machine was still inside of me that's considered broken in you um he inspected the area for any type of shavings or broken pieces off he inspected the tip of the needle nothing broke off there um he inspected the like everything kind of fit smoothly he took a video of it everything like that he did tell me um so i am on a little bit more of a watch of like if something just does not seem right i'm to let him know of course asap a little bit more than probably what normal people would because of that um and he already said like i'm calling the manufacturer right away um because that shouldn't have happened so that was definitely interesting and the part that i was thinking about i was like dude that would have sucked if that happened like what if he wasn't done though because then you don't you have to go back in and they'd have to do the whole procedure again in a way because i don't think they have a spare because it's part of i don't know i don't know how that works so yeah i'd have to really see it but no yeah if that thing if it broke earlier yeah i don't know what they would have done and like they're gonna trust that machine again if it already broke off once like no doctor's gonna risk probably going back in so that would be the part that sucks but i don't think it was a common thing he seemed pretty pissed that it happened um well not yeah, like I'm this sure happens all the time you know how you could just tell if like Talk oh this one happens and... and be like this is unacceptable yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there's 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 pretty good rant from him actually. He's a he's pretty funny when something goes wrong, he's not a fan of it. Um but it, it it'll be interesting, so I'm really early on on my stages, so we'll kind of keep you guys updated. Um but that's kind right, of well, what it was. Before we wrap up, I have one yeah. final question. Go for um it. any thoughts, words, advice, recommendations? Uh, if sorry, Duncan's trying to get into something. 
Um, so thoughts, questions, or advice. If a PTA has a patient that's about to go through this procedure, what would you advise them to say, not to say, or do you have any words that, of, at all that they should bring I think up? It, uh- well, it also depends on how the doctor approaches it, but it is surgical. You are sh- messing with the structure of the tendon and also your bone. You're getting cut into, um, you know, if there are things that they're already showing signs of nervousness about being awake for it, then that's something that you, I would really suggest that they bring up with the doctor because I thought I'd be completely fine and I was like, once that started, actually all the stuff started happening around you and you hear the chit chat, it's not even that bad to me, but like, you just kind of hear it and you're in the room, you're awake still. Like it's, it starts to get your blood and heart racing a little bit more. Um, I was actually on a side note, like I was completely fine. And then the moment I got put technically into recovery, I just started shaking all the adrenaline just went through me of being through that type of procedure, all the pain. I finally let it kind of like actually hit my whole entire system and my whole entire system just went into shaking and overdrive of adrenaline um, because of what it went through. And so like, if you're already nervous about that, like that's definitely something I would say, like if you have a patient who's already discussing, like, I don't know if I could be awake, da, 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 da. I'm really nervous. I don't like the sound. Then I would definitely say like, Hey, you need to talk to your doctor about this because they're going to hear it and maybe they can come up with a solution, whether that be they're able to put like headphones on or if they have headphones that they can put on. So they're not hearing anything. Um, for me, they were going to give us me a Xanax in a way. It's kind of like the same thing about like the best way I can describe it of being awake is if you've ever had LASIK, I never have, but I watched my husband go through it. Like that's a needle going into your eye. And so like they can give you stuff to help you definitely relax to get the procedure done. So I wouldn't say don't let that deter a patient, but definitely have them bring it up with their doctor so that way they can properly prepare for that situation um, would be the number one thing. It is definitely a very fascinating technique. Um, I would also say, like, just know that it is surgical. It's going to hurt, and it just depends on the doctor. Some doctors might give pain medications, a lot of doctors don't like to give out pain medications now, definitely here in our valley. Um, they're a little more strict on it. And I'm okay with just kicking it off a Tylenol. Personally, I don't really like heavy stuff. Um, so I'm just kicking my Tylenol when when I need it and icing when I need it and just kind of keeping it elevated. But just note that, you know, it is technically a surgery. It's going to hurt afterwards. Um, and maybe suggesting a couple days off if they if they got it. That might just help them recover a little faster. So, I don't know. That's kind of it. Again, we're really, we're talking less than 48 hours into the into post what you just, uh, Yeah. But, so, we'll kind of keep an eye on it, see how things are going. Maybe mm-hmm. once you kind of do your PT and everything, we'll kind of get a, a recap to see if yeah. you feel like it's really benefited you and go from there. Sounds like a good plan. And we'll definitely keep you guys updated if anything does come up or miraculously changes but right now it just feels achy and stiff and exhausting <laughs> all right well with that we hope you guys enjoy the weekend um mm-hmm. thank you so much for listening and tuning in be sure to like share do all the things because it helps us out tremendously and until then we shall talk to you guys next week
All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. Bye. The information in this video or podcast is not intended nor implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All content, including text, graphics, images, and information contained in this video or podcast is for general information purposes only and does not replace your professors or a consultation from your own doctor or healthcare professional.